I'll say it again. I'm expecting. Amen. We're expecting. I didn't come to church out of duty or obligation. How about you? I came because I love God and I love you guys and you're my family, but I came to eat this morning. How about you? We're going to give you a buffet of the Word of God today and you need to consume it. You need to say this with me. Say, today I'm going to get my eyes open. The Word of God is going to change my life. I'm expecting the life of God to impact me this morning. Amen. We believe that, don't we? And the Word of God, what we've been talking about for the last, I say a couple of sessions, but they've been kind of butchered up. We had, I, know I started it, then we had Mother's Day, and then I taught another session, then Larry taught last week, and now here I am. So I encourage you that if you have not ordered the CDs on this, or at least listened to it on whatever device you have, you need to hear these three messages in a row, and you need to hear them more than once. I'm going to say something. I want you to listen closely to what I'm saying. I believe that what we're talking about is so important that if it was the only thing that you got out of this church in teaching this year, please let this be it. If it was absolutely the only thing that you get, just make sure that you got this series down in your heart and you're acting on it because it is the key to everything else. If you don't have this down, you've got nothing going on with the Lord, really. In other words, you're going to make it through life. You might cruise along, but you're not going to live the victorious life God wanted to. What do I mean by victorious life? Well, how many of you know sickness and disease are on this planet and they challenge us? How many would agree? Pain. Now, did Jesus pay for our sickness, disease, and pain? But see, you're never going to uh, be able to see that work in your life to actually see it operate in your life if you don't get a hold of what we're talking about. This includes any area in the Word of God. What we've been talking about is getting the Word of God or every Word of God in our heart so that it can do what it needs to do. Knowing the Word of God is good, but it isn't going to change your life. Just knowing the Word of God. It is getting the Word of God from here to here and acting on it that makes the difference in your life. That's where you're going to see measurable success. You're going to see measurable victory. You're going to see the Word of God manifest in your life. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure there are many of you sitting here saying, you know, I really would like to see it work in all areas of my life. Maybe you have it working a little in some and a, and a little bit more in others, and a little less in others, and some areas are a complete void. In other words, you're not seeing it. How many would like to see it work in all areas of your life? Completely. Aren't you tired of just talking it but not seeing it in action? If you will take heart to what we've been talking about in this series and get it down in you, ask the Lord, Lord, where am I missing it? Show me in what we're talking about and have a heart to receive. I'm telling you, it'll totally change the course of your life. But again, if you don't get this, you don't get anything else. I'm telling you, you're hearing things and it's all good, but the fact is, the key to what we're talking about is what we've been talking about in this series, and it comes all the way back to the words of God. Everybody say, the words. Not just the word of God, the words of God. Remember, I I mentioned a couple weeks ago, sometimes when we say the word of God or God's word, we think of the Bible. 
as a whole. And that's okay. But it, the Word of God is not a title for the Bible. <laughs> it is God's words to us, but we need to look at each individual word. In other words, the words of God are spirit and they are life. The words of God. And so when we think of the Word of God, think of it in a, a zooming in, so to speak, for example, to a particular scripture. The words of God can change your life in that area and whatever you're looking at. You might remember that we talked about a couple weeks ago that God is a spirit. We know that. And the Bible says he spoke the world into existence. So a spirit being spoke the world into existence. And when we look at Genesis chapter 1, we read throughout the chapter, one of the most famous chapters in the Bible, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. I believe it's about 10 times. God said, God said. And guess what? It was, it was, it was. In other words, it became. God spoke and it became. So a spirit spoke the worlds into existence and everything in them. Well, guess what? You are a spirit made in the image of God. You are like Him. We are connected to Him. We are one with Him. Now, we see in the Word of God that whatever God said came to pass. In other words, God accomplishes His plans and purposes by speaking words. And that's something we have to get in our head. That's how he does it. That's how he changes things. That's how he creates things. He changes and creates things by words, by spoken words. And his words are filled with power and are sent to do his will. You might remember in Isaiah chapter 55, uh, we're told that once his word is sent or once his word is spoken, So I want you to think of that. Once God's word is spoken, it is sent, okay? It left his mouth, all right? It is sent, it is spoken, it will accomplish what it was sent to do. It will not come back to him empty. So he sends his words, so to speak, on a mission. And they're going to accomplish what he said to do. One of the great scriptures that helps us with that is Psalm 107.20. He sent His Word. Look with me on the screen. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Look look at the first part, though. He sent His Word and healed them. How did He heal them? He sent His words. He sent His words. His words, He sent them out, and they were filled with healing power. And when they're received, guess what? Healing is produced. It's this simple. The fact is, God's words are filled with life, with energy. The Word of God says in Hebrews 4 that His words are alive and powerful. They're not just words to explain something or God just saying something to say something. You know, we do that all the time, don't we? Say things to just say things. You ever get in that awkward situation where you got family, you don't know what to say? So you start talking about stupid things like the weather. Or other dumb things, you know. Uh, how, how about those, uh, you know, and you start talking about this game you don't even watch, you know. Or you, you might talk about what you might have shot for lately. Or just some ridiculous, silly thing that you can think of just a fluff. It's fluff is what it is, right? Let's be honest. It's just fluff. God doesn't do fluff. Every word of God has a purpose. 
Every word of God is filled with power. Every word of God was said on purpose, with a purpose. He doesn't just shoot his mouth to speak. He doesn't do idle talk or non-working words, okay? It, It is good advice for us to take from him. In other words, how many would agree we need to think about what we say more often? <laughs> Not just, you know, and you just realize I shouldn't have said that. I sh- Man, I want to take it back. Well, again, the bullet already left the gun. There's no taking it back. Well, God doesn't do that. Every word is spoken with a purpose for a purpose. Now, the Bible says that God's words are seeds. They're supernatural incorruptible seeds and those seeds or God's word are meant to be put in or uh, sown into the soil of our heart which is what our spirit man the real us on the inside we are to absorb that seed just like you would put seed in the ground if you wanted to to grow an apple tree for example I don't know why I always pick apple trees because I'm not even fond of apples unless they're in the form of apple pie but I just think of apples all the time. But, you know, you, you dig up the ground some, right? You want good soil. You don't want a bunch of rocks and all kinds of garbage in there. You want some good soil. You dig it up. You plant the seed. You put the soil back down. And you water it. That's, that's pretty much it. Can anybody grasp that? Is that simple? Is God a genius? He's a genius because that thing all on its own does its thing. You don't have to bother with it as long as you water it and leave it alone. And guess what? Is there more than one seed on that tree now? There's hundreds of seeds on that tree plus the apples. (laughs) So God met your need and gave you seed to sow. So you could increase it even more. Man, I'm telling you, God is smart. He's beyond smart. And I'm not being smart. I mean, he is just... You can't even explain the genius of God. I mean, the law of sowing and reaping in itself could take a lifetime to get a hold of because it's so powerful. But the fact is, is that just like that apple seed needs to be sown to produce apples, a tree, it's the same with the Word of God. If you sow the seed from the Word of God in your heart on healing, what is it going to produce? It's going to give you a harvest of healing in your life. Isn't it simple? So why don't we see more healing? Why aren't we more pain-free? We're not planting the seeds or we're digging them up. i got to see if it's working. Nope, don't look like it's working. I looked in the mirror. I don't see any change. I guess it doesn't work for me. We dig it up or we just don't take the time to sow. Now, Proverbs 4, we've gone over this multiple times, gives us the key to put the Word of God in our heart and see it manifest. Look with me, Proverbs 4, 20-22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, again, I want you to see something that is so important that we let pass right over us. Like I said, I asked you a question. How many, how many times do we not see the healing we should see that God promised? It's not God holding back. 
whether it be prosperity, whether it be peace in your life, I don't care what it is that you need in your life, you can find a word of God that will give you the seed to sow, and if you will do this, you will see a harvest, you will see change. But you have to do your part. God supplies the seed, but he will not sow it for you. You're going to have to do your part and work. The Bible says we are co-laborers with God. Amen. He will help you all the time, but you still have to do your part. We have too many Christians sitting there just like you are, thinking somehow by osmosis it ought to be working. I was in church. I just don't understand why this isn't working in my life. You're not working the Word. You have to work with the Word. So let's look at this. My son, give attention to my words. Whose words are we talking about? God's words, right? His words. Listen, my son, give attention to my words. That means stop paying attention to other words. Listen to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What he's saying is, listen closely to what I'm saying. Stop focusing on what someone else is saying. What does his word say? Then he says this, do not let them depart from your eyes. What's the them he's talking about? His words, his words, don't let them depart from your eyes. Now, how many of you know we can't do this all day long? When he talks about eyes, what is he talking about? Your imagination, your thought life, your eyes, what you picture when you close your eyes. How do you see yourself? Don't see yourself with sickness and disease. Every time the thought comes up that that pain is still there, what do you do? You go to the word until you see an image of the word of God in your thought life. He's saying every area of your life, the word, the word, the word, don't let go of the word. Then he says, keep it, them, the word, in the midst of your heart. And it's how do you do that? By talking it, by confessing it, by thinking upon it, by reading it, by hearing it. You might say, well, pastor, it sounds like you've got to be a little bit uh, uh, fanatical. Yes, you do. If you really want to see results in your life, you're going to have to be an odd duck. I'll prove it to you before we're done. What I mean is, how many, how many agree that Jesus was an odd duck in his time? He stood out. Why? He did the word. If he wasn't an odd duck, why did they all say crucify him? Why did they all say he's a lunatic? Because he stood out. He did something no one else did. All the great ministers and things that you can read about that had great things of God done through their hands that you think, man, that would be awesome if it would happen through me or it would be happening to me. It can. God doesn't show favorites. The problem is they did the work. And you are teeter-tottering back and forth. I just don't know if it's worth it. Will you ask yourself, is being healthy and strong and free worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to have more finances than you've had in the past so you can give more and do more? Is it worth it to have the flow of the blessing of God in your life in every area, in your family, in all kinds of areas, so you see the fruit of it? Is it worth it? I promise at the end of your life you would have said it was. Again, I set before you life and death. (laughs) Choose life. Choose the right way. So, all right. Keep the word of God in your heart. Now, if you'll do these things, for they, God's words, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. If you do what the first couple of verses say, 
then the life of God will be health to all your flesh. Then you're going to see the fruit of it. All right? Is that available to every single one of us? Amen? God shows no favoritism. What you get out of what we're talking about today is all on you. It's all on you. You remember this. I said this to you a couple weeks ago, and I want you to listen closely. Our response to God's words will determine how our life turns out. Our response to His words, not just His words, our response to His words will determine how our life turns out. How your life turns out, guys, is all on you, not the Lord. He's given you everything. Your life is in your hands. And you can take His word and you can receive it and you can apply it and see the fruit of it. Or you can say, eh, it's not worth the work. And watch other people get it. (laughs) And watch it bypass yourself. I don't know about you, but I want all God has for me. How about you? Boy, that was a few of you. How many of you want everything God has for you? Amen? I mean, Lord, if if Bill Gates opened his wallet and he said, here, you can have all of what's in my wallet or take a 10. And there's 20s, there's hundreds. Is there anything higher than 100? Literally? Is there a thousand? I don't know. The fact is, let's say he had 20 hundreds sitting in there. He said, here, um, I appreciate you finding my wallet. I want to be a blessing to you. Oh, I'll just take a 10. I don't want to take too much, brother. Isn't that stupid? When the man offered you, I'll take that all. Thank you. (laughs) And then I'm going to go tithe and I can give, take my family out and still be a blessing. Amen. In other words, it's all up to you. Why would you go up there and just say, I'll just have the Lord offers you everything in life and you take a Tootsie Roll. Come on. He's God Almighty. You really think he's going to be bothered if you get in there? And What he thinks is you ought to go in there and get the biggest shovel you can and just dig it all up and take all you can. Why? Because you're his son. You're his daughter. Right? You ought to take all. But see, we go through life thinking, ah, Tootsie Roll's okay. Listen, we have to listen. How do we do this? We have to listen to his words and his words only. We must confess what his word says about us. We must focus on our thoughts on his word we must not think about failure we must not think about how bad it feels we must not allow ourselves to focus on the problem but we every time our thoughts drift to the problem we catch ourselves with the word of god and say no and we begin to think about the word of god that takes work doesn't it you ever have your mind wander off you you might be challenged right now I mean, you, you, you're just sitting there. I, I know what he's saying is important, but my mind keeps on drifting. You know, my mind keeps on, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I, you think maybe you skip breakfast. So you're thinking about whatever your favorite food item is and either that or I just added it to your thought life. I don't know. But, but my point is, is that how many know sometimes it takes real work to focus? It takes, it really takes practice to focus. God understands that. He knows. And if you'll go to him and say, Lord, help me do this. Help me. He will help you. He will strengthen you. But you still have to do the work. We must see the word of God working in our lives. And those words will become life to us. Health to our bodies. Health to our marriages. Victory in our life. But we have to do our part. What we must do, listen carefully, is you must put the word of God first in your life. We hear that so much it goes right over our head. Because we don't think about how do you mean first? Do you mean first thing in the morning? 
And people think, yeah, first thing in the morning. No, that's not what I mean. Even though that might be good, the fact is what I mean is first above what you think, first above your opinions, first above every decision that you make. First, you, what our question should be all the time is what does the Word say about everything? And when I find out what it says, I change. I do what the Word says. And if I'm already doing it, praise God, I'm doing good. But if I find that I'm not doing it or I have an adjustment to make, then I make the adjustment. But the fact is, putting the Word, God, word of God first place is not saying, oh, I love the Lord and I read my Bible every day. Well, congratulations for you. What'd you read today? I read June 3rd. But you don't know what June 3rd said, you know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on! You sat there and said, I'm going to read my Bible. And you read for half an hour and didn't have any idea what you read. Because your mind was wandering and thinking about this and thinking about that. That's not putting the Word first place. All right, listen, let's jump in. We're going to take off where we did last week, and we'll just go as far as I can until I see you guys look like you can't take anymore, and we'll stop, all right? (laughs) Listen, our purpose this morning is this. It's this simple. I want you to be able to receive maximum benefit out of the Word of God. The Word of God is life. The Word Jesus said that we can't live without His Word. His Word is everything. And his words are the spirit, the life we need. That same spirit in life that created the worlds, that created us. That will give us the healing, the health, the marriages, the financial prosperity, the peace, the, all the different things we desire in our life. God has available through his word. We cannot choose to live God's way, though, and, and kind of turn our eyes from the word. Remember, I've been digging this in over and over and over. We must highly value the Word. We must must go to the Word. The Word of God becomes our lifestyle. As we go in the Word and as we look for a particular area and we see it and it's revealed to us, we change our lifestyle to line up with what the Word says. When we do that, we are truly putting the Word of God first place and we are going to see results in our life. Amen? So... Let me say this, God's word is just that. It is not the word of man. It is his word. And sometimes we can kind of, we don't stop and really think about that. It is his words, his words, our creator's words. And he gave us his words. He had man, he spoke them and he had man write them down by the direction of the Holy Ghost so we could have them in our life so that we can live and success and victory as he desires for us. So let's go to the Word of God. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. My title of my message today, if you want to write it down, is It's All Up to You. <laughs> it's all up to you. Real simple. Or it's up to you. Mark chapter 4. Let's begin with verses 3 through 8. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. This is Jesus speaking. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. 
But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So in other words, we're talking about an increase of 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. Man, I tell you, how many know that's good? <laughs> I mean, anybody here got any kind of investment return giving you 100 times? 30 times? I mean, 30 times in a normal investment, that's unless you're farming, okay? <laughs> There's not many financial things the world offers that even get remotely there. I remember seeing a CD the other day at some bank thing that said that they would give me a whopping one point, something like 4 or 5% for keeping my money for a year. 1.45%. Now do that for $500. Wow, thanks for the five bucks, you know? And then the tax guy comes along. <laughs> I'll take two of those. <laughs> you know, wow, I got $3. Honey, we can go to the quick trip and buy us a pop. You know, I mean, the world is an offering. Now, I mean, some t- uh, I'm getting off in there. I don't want to do that. Let's stick with the Word of God. Amen. This, the Word works all the time. Now, we read that story. And when we read that story, I'll be honest with you, I can read that and it sort of makes sense. I've read it many times. Um, Jesus made a point. Remember when I told you that what we're talking about is key to everything else in life with the Word of God, spiritual things? Jesus said this in Mark 4.13. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable, the one he was just speaking of? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, the word parable, it just means a story. Okay, It's an illustration. He, he creates a story to help us understand something. Now, he said, our understanding this story is key to all the rest of the stories. How many believe if Jesus said it's that important, we ought to give it heed? If Jesus is saying, if you don't get this, you're not going to get the rest. So we must get a hold of what he's talking about here. It's very, very important. Another note to mention is that Mark, Uh, gives us uh, a real exhaustive look at this, but Luke and Matthew also bring it up. And when I see something repeated in the Word, I believe that's a sign from the Holy Ghost. Pay attention. This is very, very important. Okay, So let's look at Jesus' explanation of what He said here. Mark chapter 4, verses 14 through 20. He says, the sower sows the word. If you got your Bible in front of you, I'd underline the word. The word. The sower sows the word. Okay? What's the word of God? The word of God is a seed, is it not? So the sower sows seed. The seed, in this case, is the words of God. Okay? The words of God are the seeds. Verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, I'd underline the word hear there. Hear. That's important, okay? Something was sown, and now we're talking about hearing. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So does our hearing have something to do with our hearts? Look at me for just a moment. Does our hearing have something to do with our hearts? Where do we want the word of God to get? We want it to get in our hearts. But the conduit, am I speaking to you right now? Can you hear me? Thank you, Larry. 
Larry can hear me. Cindy, can you hear me way back there? All right. Now, I'm speaking words, right? Now, I want you to picture this illustration as these words are going out like seeds. Like I'm, I'm doing this. Now, where, where do we want these seeds ultimately? We want them in your heart, okay? But the conduit is hearing, okay? The conduit is hearing. That's very, very important to this. So look here. Let's just go back to verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, you ought to underline that, when they hear the word, same thing, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. In other words, pressures of life come. Verse 18, now look closely. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who, here's the words again, hear the word. Everybody say it with me. Hear the word. Say it again. Hear the word. Okay? Hear the word. Very, very important. Don't let it, oh yeah, I get it. No, you don't. Hear the word. Okay? Very, very important. Verse 19. And the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Now, this is what we all want, right? Thank you for a couple over here. Is this what we all want? All right? How many want to be, you want to see the word of God produce in your life? You want to see fruit from it, right? Number one, it glorifies the Lord. And number two, you have the benefit of it in your life. It's working in your life. Now notice what he says. These are good ground. Now I would underline this. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. That, the whole thing. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Now notice, I want you to notice, like on my paper, I have this all bolded out on me, okay? But... The sower is sowing what? The word, which is a seed, right? Where is it supposed to go? Where do we want it to be? We want it to be in our hearts, right? And how do we get it there? It starts with what? Hearing it, okay? Absorbing it through hearing it. Now notice, we see this in here. When they hear, and then we hear later, when they heard the word or hear the word, then we have hear the word, but then we lastly have another group, who hears the word, accepts it, and bears fruit. Something's different about the last group. And this is very, very important. But is it all about hearing the word? Everybody with me? So I, want, I, I really, guys, if i got to stop right now just to focus on that and end. Hearing the word is the key here. And see, this is the part that a lot of us ride right through. How many of you know you can be in here but not here? You can be present in body only. Some of you are struggling right now to focus because you're tired. You stayed up too late. Or maybe you think this is boring or I've heard that before. Or you're thinking about lunch or all your other responsibilities. But I want you to notice Jesus is talking to us. How many believe what Jesus says is important? And he said, 
Everything else hinges around this one thing. Everybody say hearing. Now remember earlier when I told you this. Now listen closely. Our response to God's word determines how our life will turn out. Our response. Our response has to do with hearing. Hearing. Hearing is so key. And many of us have lived many years for the Lord and not really grasped a hold of really hearing. We've heard and maybe got some things here and there, and and we're grateful for it, but we can have missing elements in our life. We can have areas that we're like, I'm I'm doing okay in this area, but I'm not doing very good in this one. I'm doing okay in this one. It could improve, but man, I got great improvement over here. Well, it all comes down to this, hearing the Word of God in that particular area. Now, if you're in a church for a while... And you've got a, a pastor who hears God. How many believe I hear God? I would like to say I hear God. Thank you again. All right. <laughs> what God's going to do, you'll notice this. If you've been around for a while, you'll notice that every year goes by that there's certain subjects I seem to hit over and over and over. And over. You might say, I've heard that before. Now, it might be a little bit different, but... You've heard it before. Why is that? The Spirit of God knows it's all about hearing the Word. And He knows some missed it. (laughs) In fact, about 75% of you will miss it. 75% of you. Now let me show you in the Word, okay? First of all, there's four things I want to repeat we talked about last time that are very important about this passage of scripture number one we need to understand that the seed is the word of god okay the seed is the word of god the heart of man is the soil when i say heart of man i don't mean this right what do i mean the spirit of man on the inside the real person okay and thirdly satan is after the seed now what is the seed the seed is what the word of God. So if Satan is after the seed, what is he after? He does not want, listen to me, Satan's goal in your life is to not let the seed take root and germinate and be able to bear fruit. And throughout this, we're going to hear different ways Satan operates in our life, where he tries to get, all Satan's concern about is you getting a hold of the word. That is his main focus is he does not, that's why he works so hard to keep people away. He does not want them hearing the word. And even if they come and they sit there and they sleep through the service, he's okay with that. I mean, or, or you, you get in a fight right when you walk out the door. Oh, he loves that. Why? Because he just swooped down and just picked up the seed. It never got even near the heart. It just, it's right on the surface and, you know. If I went outside and I threw a bunch of seed in the ground like that, you know what would happen if there was a bunch of birds on those power lines? They'd just be going there and pulling up that seed. It wouldn't do me any good. That's why you're supposed to, even if you're doing grass seed, you shouldn't just throw it on the top. (laughs) You should kind of rough up the soil a little bit, put it down, kind of cover it up just a little bit, and then water it. And it will do its thing. But if you just leave it all out in plain sight, Critters are going to take it, right? They're just going to rip you off. (laughs) Well, Satan is out, hopefully, to take that seed before it ever did one thing. One thing in your life. Now, I want you to notice something. 
in the parable that Jesus explained, who is talking in this parable? It's in red. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> All right? It was, I don't know. <laughs> it was Jesus talking. Everybody say Jesus talking. How many would agree with me that Jesus knows what he's talking about? He's Jesus, for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, he is the Son of God. He is Jesus. And he, how many would agree there has been no greater speaker ever since the beginning of time better than Jesus? How many would agree with me? Dear Lord, he could talk to 100,000 people at one time without a microphone or speakers. He had to have been doing something right, right? I mean, you'd see, you guys are looking at me like, maybe, I'm not sure. How many would agree Jesus would be the greatest speaker ever, right? I mean, he's Jesus, okay? He is the perfect, sinless Son of God, anointed without measure. I mean, he, I mean he's a powerful speaker, yet he said himself <laughs> that only that three out of four people who listened to him didn't get anything out of it. Let's think about that. Jesus himself was saying about himself, people listening to him. He's saying that 75% of the people who heard him got nothing out of the word. It did not produce. Only one out of four hearers were good ground that were produced that he was talking to. You know, in a small group like this right now, (laughs) we look around. Look around, everybody. Look around. And you think, am I one of those? One out of the four? Or am I the three out of the four? It's all on you, isn't it? Could, we, could every single one of you be potentially good ground? Right? How many believe I'm saying the same thing to everyone right now? I mean, I'm not giving a secret message to Janie while I'm talking to Clara over here, am I? <laughs> There's no code words in my words, right, that you guys are picking up. I got it, Pastor. No problem, you know. There's no enigma machine. There's no, there's no, there's no nothing going on, right? I'm just speaking in general to everybody, hopefully being led by the Spirit of God, right? So are we all fair game, right? Are you guys seeing that? The same seed when Jesus was speaking was being sown to everybody. Equal amounts. At the same time. In other words, he's not showing favoritism. Can I ask you a question then? I want you to think about this. Why is it that only one out of the four were good ground that produced? What about the rest of them? The 75%. Somebody could read that and maybe perceive, maybe that's just the will of God. I mean, maybe maybe that's just the the way things are. Maybe God shows favoritism. Maybe they did something that the others didn't. Now, they did do something the others didn't. But what I'm trying to say is this. I want you to listen closely because I really want this to get in you. The way you hear the word determines how your life turns out. The way you hear the word. The way you hear the word. Can you hear but not really listen. Ask any husband when the TV's on. Okay? Or a wife while she's looking at other things and distracted, thinking she can multitask. 
You can maybe multitask better than a man, but the fact is you're not giving 100% to any one item, okay? I mean, you can't. It's just not possible, all right? I mean, but the fact is this. Can you listen but not really be listening? Or can, can you listen and only be thinking of your response and never really absorbing what they're saying so that you can really think about maybe I could change, maybe I could do this for them. In other words, or, or sometimes we could be listening, but all we're formulating in our mind is how I'm going to attack them. What's my next move, you know, right? So is there different levels of listening? There, there's, there's also listening with a humble heart, a humble heart. There are some people that do that. They listen with a humble heart, really wanting to understand the other person so that maybe they can make adjustments in their life. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I could change or I can understand why you want to do it that way. Right. So we all can concede that there we can listen at different levels. We can be listening, but not really listening. Well, the fact is, that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying that there were some that were hearing, in fact, 75 percent, but they really didn't have any tent for follow through. They might have got excited, some of them. They, they, they might have uh, uh, looked at it and said, wow, that's wonderful. And, you know, but the minute it got hard, it, it got difficult, they quit. That, you know what that is? That's digging up the seed. You know, that is, I, I looked and I'm not seeing the changes I want to see. And the devil's doing this. And the doctor's saying this. And my wife's saying this. And so I finally give in, for example. And I let go. You know, I, I let go of my faith. How many of you know that if we're going to do this thing, that God didn't call us just to be hearers only. What did he call us to do? Doers. Doers. In other words, we need to hear the word with the intent, the desire to do what the word says. And that takes effort. Did you, you guys ever meet those annoying kids who grew up and actually did their homework the way they were supposed to? Perhaps you were one of them. I was not. Okay, I hated homework. I mean, I got into my playtime, my goof-off time. When school was over, bless God, school should be over. That was my attitude anyway. I didn't like school very much. I didn't. Maybe you loved it, maybe you ate it up, but I, I didn't. But there were some kids that put real time and effort because they wanted to. They, they wanted to get a good grade. didn't matter what mom and dad said. didn't matter what was going on. They really, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you were one of them or maybe you knew one of them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I don't know. Listen, we're not in school anymore, guys. No one's going to pick on us. But let's be honest. Did, did not they get good grades usually? They studied when they were supposed to study. And when the surprise test came, they were like, yeah, I got this. And they're just whipping through it. And they're the ones done real quick. And you're sitting there sweating it out. You know, dear God, give me more time. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, what I'm trying to say is those who do the work, those who put into it, get something out of it. They actually knew what they were reading. <laughs> they actually could go through the test and it wasn't all about memorization for memory's sake. You know what I'm saying? They were absorbing information. I have some friends of ours that they're crazy like that. They love history, history in the Bible. They're the, they will spend hours getting into the begats. Most of us try to skip or ignore or read real fast. 
begat this, begat this, begat this, begat. You know, they will go into the history of it. They love it. If we ever go anywhere, I remember we took, well, we went to St. Louis one time with them to go see a um, Cardinals game. And I remember when we were there, we went through some of the old historical stuff that are near the arts and things like that. Oh my gosh, there are like four hours of reading every single thing you would come across. I'm one of these guys, I'm looking for something. If it's got an explosion, I might stop and really look at it, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to read every little mine or they, they're that way. They just absorb knowledge. They love it. They love it. They're the ones that would do the homework. They would stay and, and really do it. Well, my point is when it comes to test time for what they got, do they know something? But see, a lot of us want to go through life in church thinking, well, I go to church. I mean, I tithe. I read my Bible once in a while. I even watch a Christian television show occasionally. And they think somehow that is enough. Somehow that is good enough that I know a couple of Christian songs. I got a couple of scriptures. And now I am the man or woman of faith and power. And I can take any challenge the enemy could throw at me and I can live in victory. No, no. It takes a lot more than that. It takes effort. It takes work. You've got to be in the Word. But guess what? Once you get going in the Word, there's something about um, you like it more. You like it more. In other words, when, when, I remember when Larry, when I first asked him to minister, he was real shy and, and just apologetic about every little thing. He'd call me up afterwards. How did I do? How did I do? How did I do? And he would just be, you know, just having a meltdown over the smallest little thing. You know, but over time, as he kept on doing it and kept him more comfortable and I would just encourage him, he would relax a little bit more and he'd see more anointing and he'd 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 get more out of it. Now, now he's like, I don't care if you want me to preach all the time. You know, I love it. You know, I mean, I in other words, he's enjoys it. Why? Because the more you do something, it's like exercise. And I know this can seem like a difficult thing because exercise can seem real difficult at first. But once you get going you actually miss it when you don't do it. You actually begin to, I want that more. It can be like eating a certain thing that you kind of really like a lot, you know, <laughs> and you like that thing and you seek it out. My point is the Word of God will get, start getting inside you. That life will start getting inside you and you want it more. You want more of it. You want more of it. Well, that's the fact. We got to get into it. And boy, I tell you what, I'm going to end with this, okay? I want you guys to listen. Are you getting the point so far? We've got to take the Word of God to another level in our life. We've we got to get a little more serious about this thing and really focus on our hearing. Am I really listening to do what that Word says? And what am I doing to activate it in my life? Am I just thinking, well, I, I heard it and I, I believe it. Well, you believing it doesn't do anything. You have to what? You have to act on it. You have to do something with it. You have to make a step of faith in that area. And that will only happen if you fill yourself up with the Word. So I want to leave you with this. Make a decision this morning to be a doer of the Word of God. In other words, determine to put the Word of God first place in your life. Check your heart and your motives. It all comes down to how you hear His words. How you hear His words. Ask yourself these questions. And we'll just continue this next week. How important is the Word of God to me? How important is it? Is God's Word the ultimate authority in my life? In other words, when I run across something that I see in the Word of God that, that does this thing, how many of you believe that the generation that's out there now seems to be just taking the Bible 
and making it anything they want it to be. For example, they're justifying certain actions by saying God is a loving God. And God loves everyone and accepts everyone. Does God love everyone and accept everyone? Does that do away with sin? No. Does that do away with the fact that Jesus is the only way to the Father? No. Does that mean that you can live any lifestyle you want and it's okay? No. We are to live according to what? The Word of God. But the only way that works is if the Word of God is the ultimate authority. The ultimate. When I see something in there, i got to change if I need to change. I mean, it's wonderful when I can read the Word. I thought, man, I'm doing good. <laughs> you know, praise God. But God usually can always point something out I can adjust. How many degree there's room to grow, right? We always, you're never going to get to the place you've got it all mastered and covered, I promise. What type of soil is my heart regarding hearing the word? We read those different types of soil. Where are you? Where do you fall? I mean, are you one that breaks out in the joy immediately? Are you one that the seed, you, you, it didn't even get near you. It just, it fell on your heart on the surface of the soil and it got swept up. Or are you one that acted, got excited, and you began to work on it, but the minute it got hard, you quit? The minute the pressure came, the tribulation came, the difficulty came, you quit on it and you let it go? Or are you one that, I'm seeing this all the way through, from the beginning to the end. I'm going to see this and I'm staying with it until the manifestation, no matter how hard the road gets. I'm staying with it. When you see that, that's good ground. That's good ground. But again, it's all on us. And so what I want you to ask yourself is, what priorities do I need to change in my life to make hearing the Word of God top priority? Some, some of us are going to have to make some changes. Some of us are going to have to say, you know, I, you know, maybe I need to spend a little bit more time. Just you know, And I'm not suggesting you say, well, I, I'm going to take an hour a day in the Word of God and do it all at once if you're not already doing that. <laughs> That's going to be a, a hurdle. The devil's going to beat you up over it real quick. How about, say, I'm going to do three 10-minute sessions throughout a day. How many believe that's easier than giving one hour at one time, right? In other words, it's a start. But you commit to that 10 minutes. And when you screw up, you repent and you get right back on the bandwagon until you continue to develop. And guess what's going to happen? When you do that for a while, something's in you is going to want another 10 minutes. Or is going to want to go a little longer. And, and you're going to start to give up things. You're going to begin to change things. Why? Because you want more of the Word in you. You want more of it in you. Or you're listening to it. Guys, there's so many ways that we can get a hold of the Word of God nowadays. I mean, all you've got to do, I do it. I get on a podcast. And I, if it's a good minister uh, you know, that I really like, that I respect the Word of God, then what I'll do is I'll download like a, you know, a few of their messages, a series, and on my way here and back or something, I'll listen to it or while I'm doing other things. or You know, you can hear the Word. You can hear what we're talking about now all the time. I mean, if you need the help with the technology, which it's not rocket science, then see Will. He's the master general around here of technology. Listen carefully. I just want you to, to, think, to consider this. How, how your life goes, and this is the point of my message, it's up to you. It's up to you. What are you going to do with Jesus? <laughs> what are you going to do with the Word? It's up to you. How far you want to go and how much of them you want in your life. What you do with God's Word will determine how the rest of your life turns out. It's up to you. Say, it's up to me.